Words met. Whatever happened to the dream you had when you said, One day I'm gonna be so high in the sky, I'm gonna be no different from a bird's cause I'm a pilot. I got so much compassion in my heart, and in this lifetime, I'm gonna help as many people as I can because I'm a nurse. The whole world's gonna know about me, and everybody's gonna hear my name because I am a star. I'm gonna help build the best houses with the best foundations and the best buildings in the world in this lifetime because I'm an architect and that's who I am. See at the time that your vision took flight, you took pictures of what you wanted to be and you placed them on the wall of your bedroom cause in your mind you were so convinced that you could become that and so much more. And now, Capital 263. Alright, so this is the carrier pod. Um, brought to you by Career Zimbabwe. We talk about career development, career transitions, and career information that we come across. So today, actually, we have an interesting topic. Um, we want to see or we want to discuss on, you know, thinking about settling, thinking about marriage, um, these life commitments, and also seeing the place for careers in these, um, in these commitments. So our topic is just very interesting. So it says, if you don't find a spouse or a partner who supports your career, stay single. Sounds radical, I think. <laughs> but to better discuss this topic, we have um, Mr. George Chirenda. Um, he's happily married. So you tell us if the spouse is... Um, <laughs> was also supportive of his career choice. And we also have, um, so Mr. George Schrender um, has a business uh, background qualification and is also doing IT uh, at Law Society of Zimbabwe. Then we also have Connie Joarara. I always miss the Nawaigo in between. It's okay. No, it's Connie Nawaigo for this particular podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so for this particular podcast, it's Connie She She's from Agent Africa, um, Agent Action Africa. So she's going to give us that other side to say, you know, did she find also someone who's also supportive and what made her um, actually decide to get married? Did she um, go above board or in line with her career decisions um, on the uh, at that time? So maybe for, for you guys, um, I'm just going to give you so some introductory um, uh, time to just say what are your views, then we got um, into the discussion. So maybe starting with you, Connie. Um, so my name is Connie Nawego, Juarada, and um, my background is law, and I ventured into gender and human rights because my master's is in gender. And I'm taking a middle ground, borderline view around um, uh, not exactly leaving because I'm, I'm married, but I'll take the more negotiating aspect of this topic, how you can then get there. Then when the negotiation is not working, then that's when you can um, we'll go ahead and we'll listen to my views around the topic. All right, thank you. George? Um, thank you, Paddy. Um, as you have already said, my name is George Chirenda. Um I'm a business person, uh, an entrepreneur by profession. Uh, of course, I do work for the Law Society, and my views here will not represent those of the Law Society. <laughs> those are entirely my own views. Um, I also venture into IT. Um, I'm also trained into IT, venturing into cybersecurity. Um, you may wonder, perhaps I just missed by a whisker being appointed uh, the Minister of Cybersecurity. <laughs> um, yeah, but we are looking forward to changes that will come through um, that. And um, as far as the topic is concerned, I think having uh, worked with quite a number of young people uh, in career development, having to find opportunities for young people, I found it very interesting to come um, and discuss and share my own views as to what I think... Um, as to the topic and how perhaps young people that are going to, into marriage, um, of course, myself being married, and how they can maneuver and um, go about the challenges that they may be able to face um, as they continue in their career on their career development, um, as well as their ambitions in life. So I, I would definitely take uh, not really a, a borderline kind of uh, perspective. Um, I would want to adopt more like a hardline stance um, in as far as how 
it can be done. But of course, I will try as much as I can to then come to the borderline and meet with Connie. <laughs> All right. No, that's fine. Um, maybe coming to these, um, to this discussion, when I read that article which I shared with you guys, um, if if your spouse um cannot support your career or your your aspirations or your goals, it's better to stay single. It came after a realization or maybe an experience. Eh? The, um, I also fell out of a relationship because of that. Um, um, I think my girlfriend at that time was saying, dude, you are working too much. You are not giving me attention. Um, maybe you don't even have the money at times. You're putting the little that you have, you're investing it back into your business, which does not make any money anymore. So then the relationship ended. So my question is to you guys. Um, did you have similar experiences or from the get-go, your partner was directly in line with what you were doing or your career goals at the time? George, you can start. <laughs> okay. Um, I think this was a very interesting one. Um, having met my own spouse, I think, um, 10 years back. Um, I just got married five years back, but we met 10 years back. Mm. And I, I can say I'm privileged to having shared um, a part of my life being single and having the opportunity to um, share my ambitions, my life views, what I intended to do with my own spouse and having to get to convince her to be able to um, to read into what I wanted to achieve as a person. But at the same time, it was not really a one-sided perspective, right? It was a two-sided perspective. I also had to take the opportunity to listen to my own wife and what she intended to do in her own, uh, um, own life, what her career ambitions were. Um, we discovered that we, to an extent, had um, similar ambitions, uh, which, of course, would definitely be having been uh, detrimental to our own family. So that means that, to an extent, we subscribed to um, to, the, to, to the to the story that we that we went through. Uh, someone had to give in in order for the other um, to, to 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 go forward. But I can say that um, I, I I to an extent am happy that. Um, uh, my spouse made it easy for me uh, because she she withdrew uh, and said, I think at this moment in time, you need to progress. And then eventually I'll then come through. So it was more like um, a, a give and take kind of a relationship that we shared. And as we moved forward into marriage, we then realized that this was going to be um, a problem. So we sought um, the services of someone who was knowledgeable in how we can, uh, how we could be able to um, balance our own ambitions in life. And one thing that that person did um, tell us was that it was up to us to sit down and discuss and agree because we we just had to give our marriage um, first priority and then everything else um, second. second. So okay. this was the challenge that we were facing. But then as we sat down um, to map up our own, um, our own plan, our own life plan, that's then when we came to an agreement of what, what really needed um, to be done uh, in as far as balancing our own relationship um, was concerned. So for me, I think this is the stance that we had to take. Um, it had to be hard on the other one and yet um, uh, took us to where we are today. Okay, Connie, what are your views? Um, so basically for us, we didn't exactly, um, we didn't exactly sit down and discuss what our, our career plans were because we met in a forum, a legal forum, where we both knew that somehow we have this vicious um, uh, side to our career development. Um, and one of our conversations, actually, I remember when we had is my partner uh, told me that he what his dreams were. But I think I took a more laissez-faire approach where I thought, okay, um, I'll get there and we'll discuss it along the way and we'll figure out as we go, let's go in the blind and we'll figure out um, what it is that we want to achieve. But he knew that I'm a career woman and I was, I wanted to, um, I had big dreams, but I was also willing to compromise in certain aspects with the view that he also then has to compromise in um, certain aspects of his um, career path. 
But uh, one of the things that we both agreed on that we're not going to stand in each other's way, whatever route we decide to take, we're not going to stand in each other, the other person's dream or path. Um, so basically, I think that's why I say I'll take a middle ground because for me, it's been a constant journey of negotiating <laughs> when to slow down and when to, um, and maybe I'll also bring in, because I'm coming from the feminine side of, of this agreement. George is coming from the side where then it's uh, um, the, the partner, the woman, which is always the softer side. You're the one who's supposed to then agree uh, when your partner, the male partner, because the environment um, provides the man more opportunity to run with his dream uh, as opposed to, to then the woman. But um, along the way, I think for me by then we didn't have children when we got married because ours was a, a fairy tale. To, we, we, we had our wedding in like three months when, <laughs> when we met. So a lot of the things we came out across, uh, we learned along the way as, as, as we, we got to know each other. What were his dreams? What were my dreams? What, what is it that I wanted? I was, I've, I've always been in human rights and I've been a gender person, very strong on equality views. And I guess that's one thing that he always knew that at the back of his mind, that that, that equality person will always come up um, to demand uh, a certain balance within the relationship. And then that means within my career choices also to constantly negotiate that um, that particular terrain. So I think maybe one thing I've got now is that Patrick is big. Mm -hmm. That's the first one. Mm -hmm. And women, by, end of, by the end of the day, are the ones who are only supposed to, you know, draw back. Um, support the and support the partners. But my worry is we now have these career women. Eh? And sometimes these women are making more money than the guys. So which car goes first now? No, it's, it's a very tricky situation that we live in, um, particularly now in, um, now in Zimbabwe. Uh, where we have got a lot of women um, looking into going into their career paths and chasing their own ambitions. And I think to an extent, I, I appreciate the existence of that. But I would want to, to take more of um, a biblical perspective in, in, in my argument and, and go back to um, the foundations. For me, I, I, I've always been shaped um, by my religious values which um, to an extent um, not dictate as such, but have put it in such a way that um, there are responsibilities, roles and responsibilities that have been defined for uh, the men and for the woman in the, within the home. Of course, they are not written in, in, in the present day language that we can understand, but to an extent, I really feel that um, they do help us understand what it is that we need to do and how we are supposed to handle um, our own families. I think my first point that I'm going to put across um, will come from, from Ephesians 5, uh, 21 going forward. You have St. Peter, um, he's putting across a point, uh, and that point says that um, women, you need to submit to your husband. Right? <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of people are going to have a problem, um, problem with, with this point. Um, and men, you are supposed to love your women as Christ loved the church, right? For me, it, it's, not, it's not like St. Paul is, is saying that uh, men have to be uh, dominating over women, right? Because if you go forwards after those two verses, he also says something that is very important, right? Because he creates a scenario where you have now to balance that um, relationship because he says then later on for the reverence of Christ. You need to respect each other for the reverence of Christ. So he has put in the roles and responsibilities of the man and the woman. And if you go right back into the, um, into the Old Testament, there are a lot of um, writers who put across their own ideas as to how families, you go into Proverbs, you go... Um, into, um, into any other book that you can find that defines and goes about to talk about um, the roles and responsibilities of men and women um, in, 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 in the Bible. You also go to Genesis if, if you really want to, to, to understand what God uh, made us to be, right? In Genesis, um, should be Genesis 2, 
uh, well, Genesis 3, sorry, from verse 16, 18, and 19, right? Adam is being given the responsibilities that you shall toil for the family, right? He's being given the career. He's, that's his responsibility to, to toil for the family. And the woman within the house is told that you shall have pain in labor. So what is God talking about here? He is saying that you have a role and a responsibility in the family. And if you look at it, by nature, women are good with children. Women are good in the home. If you look at it, by nature, men are good at working and providing for the family. And those are the roles and responsibilities that are set out. So for me, careers, I have to, they have to be defined in this way because there have been roles and responsibilities that have been set out by the manufacturer of this machine that we are talking about. <laughs> that may be true, yes. But you can take a look at the situation right now in Zimbabwe. Things are very hard economically. So that means both of us have to work. That means I also have to pursue my career. And then I want to take, a, take you back on what you said earlier. I have a friend of mine. She's doing journalism. And now her boyfriend is telling her that as soon as you graduate, you're not going to be working, you're going to stay at home, of which she's passionate about her uh, her career choice. For now, so then the question becomes, love or career, which is which, of which you want both, but you can't have both in the end. I think in the latest scenario that you gave us, that's, that's no oppression. I'm not talking about <laughs> oppression. I'm talking about a work-life balance. But wait, George, wait. How can we, can you please help me? How can we put, where do we put the line between oppression and submission? Where do we put the line? Um, actually, I wanted to take a, a to just dig in what George said. Um, he quotes certain aspects of the Bible. And I would like to then also quote a particular section of the Bible, which is the Proverbs 31 woman, that woman literally works harder than anyone. So basically for me, I'm going to take it from that angle that every day of my life, I'll speak from my lived realities, mm -hmm. that I work hard as a Proverbs 31 woman. And in that respect, I expect my partner in whatever roles he decides to take. And that's why I said, I'll take a borderline view mm -hmm. because that's how we've always viewed the other person's career. That who decides what roles then we have to take? Who chooses? I know the Bible says then the woman needs to do this, but then the same Bible also speaks about the Proverbs 31 woman. So then I'll just dig into um, the issue that you, you raised in the beginning, that there are women who are now earning more than their partners. The way, and I like the article you referred to, the Harvard, the Harvard article. It talks about millennials, and I hope, George, I'm not, um, the millennials seem to be digging into the Bible a bit more than my, because we are not the millennial, we are the borderline millennials, um, uh, who are now going back to demarcating the roles, keeping the woman in the home and the man in the corporate or the business world or the one who's the honor, who's the breadwinner. And that is changing. The environment is continuously changing. The world now needs women's skills more than it does. And I'm not, I'm saying this um, very carefully, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> the world needs our skills more because we are naturals by, okay, as the Bible then um, says, we are multitaskers. If you go into the corporate world now, it continuously requires our skills. And now that's why you see that the numbers of women uh, are shooting up because they're calling for issues of empathy. Um, not to put down uh, the, our male colleagues, the way the corporate world was designed, some of these new emotional intelligence, we always deal with some of those issues. And that's where you find that the number will continue, the figures will continue going up of the women who continue earning more than men until we then realize that there's no specific role that women should be playing or men should be playing. Right now, if you look at um, a lot of these uh, 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 the, the shows that are showing now in, uh, um, what do they call them? Uh, like the Kardashians and all of that. You oh, see a lot shows. of the reality shows. You can see a lot of the men are now taking a back seat and they're the ones who are taking on that role. You can't, I know women who are not naturals by nature, as, as George has been saying. They're not. 
and they are better in the workspace. But then you find a man who's really good and they are more inclined towards taking care of their children. I'll give that as an example. My, my dad was a high achiever, but when it came to looking after us, he was a better person. And my mom was a high achiever, but my dad knew exactly when we were sick, what we needed to wear, what we needed to eat. And that didn't make him a weak man. That didn't make him a weak man, but he knew when to raise my mom up and when my mom needed to raise him up. And I'm not saying she wasn't a nurturer, but my dad was better at that job than my mom was. So if we continuously continue putting women in that box of, oh, Connie should be the one who's looking after the children. What if my husband is actually doing a better job than I am? So the moment we then realize that we shouldn't place roles when it comes to relationships. And that's why I always say we need to continuously negotiate. If you see one partner has, has a, is stronger in a certain aspect, one day needs to back down just a little bit to let that partner thrive in that particular area. And um, when it comes to the Bible, I'm a Christian. But I have certain reservations and some of the things that George uh, is raising, that it's very clear what role I should be playing as a woman. Um, that is old school. That is really old school. So get into that relationship. And this is advice for people who want to be career women is get into that relationship and negotiate with your partner. Cause this is a like any partnership. And I was telling you just before we started this podcast that the mistake we always make, we think we get into relationships with our heart, but we should be able to get into those relationships, both with our heart and in our minds. Cause this is a partnership. When you get into a partnership, they're good days, they're bad days, they're highs, their laws. So how do you continuously negotiate those two aspects to say, okay, I want to become president. You let your partner know from the very beginning or as you continue getting to know who you are as a person in that relationship, your partner needs to know that I want to become president of a big corporation at some point or the president of Zimbabwe if you decide to be as a woman. Then your partner needs to support you in that role not to put you down, but to support you. And I remember one time when I, I was speaking to my sister because she's a divorcee and I told her, what were your regrets as, uh, with, with the relationship? And she said, the one thing we forget to talk about is your ambition and finances because those are big thing in marriage. Your, your ambition, do I want to become uh, the president of Coca-Cola? Or... Um, do I want, want to become the president of Zimbabwe or do I want to become a member of parliament? Because most times we water down. And remember my conversation, I started uh, with, I didn't exactly share what I wanted to be. Because as a woman, continuously, if you come straight in marriage and I tell you that I want to become, and this is coming from my lived reality, there's something about um, the, the, the male species and I'll call ego. If this yeah, viciously, viciously ambitious woman comes to you, would you choose her over the one who comes with a more nurturing, I, I love children and that. But as you go, as you get to know each other a bit more, it becomes easier to then see that my partner is ambitious and this is where she fits. My partner always tells people that I know my partner would not thrive at home alone because after about a year or two she'll continuously wish that she would have been a better person if she was pursuing her career and I think that's what we need to be able to support as as opposed to throwing the bible and continuously reminding women what your place is I know what my place is I'm a good mother but I'm also a very good human rights lawyer so I expect my partner to then realize that, that when I need to be good in the space that I'm in, help me cover that part that I might regret sometimes when I'm working long hours. But at the same time, when then they have to work very long hours, I should be able to fill in that gap. And why I say that roles are changing. Right now, we've got nannies. We've got nannies. We've got many women 
who are taking care of our children. I know that the world expects us to do that, but you can supplement um, some of those roles and hand me hand them to someone else to then help you achieve what it is that you wanted to achieve. I know I've been speaking a lot of things, but I needed to respond to George around the Bible, <laughs> the Bible issue. I think there was, there was a paper which was written um, and it say that um, the one of the problems that we have with millennials is that, maybe touching on what you said, is that 60% of our children are raised by nannies. They do not have a direct relationship with their parents um, because their parents are always working. So they don't have that, that direct relationship. And it affects, gradually it affects their behavior, how they relate with others, how they relate even with their families and all that. I don't know, maybe it's, it's a discussion for another time. But also to say, as, as we choose these careers, there's one thing that is now prominent. Um, you apply for a job. Maybe you apply for um, which international organization can I pick? You apply maybe for OSISA. Then OSISA says, yeah, we have given you a job, but we are placing you in Nigeria. You know? And you are this power woman. So what does it mean for the guy? The family has to relocate, all of them. But is the guy going to get the same opportunities as you when you move to the other side, and even vice versa, even if the guy is the one who's got the responsibility or is the one who's got this opportunity. So does it mean everyone has to stop whatever they're doing or will people go for a long-distance relationship? Can that work? Because you guys are already in marriage, so can that work now? George? Yeah. Um, uh, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> Connie, I, I, was not, um, I wasn't really talking about... Um, denigrating women and uh, possibly leaving them at home um, to really take care of their children and do these petty jobs at home. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is a definition of roles and responsibilities because I'm taking it from the perspective of the topic to say we are in this situation where we are married people and we are saying to ourselves, um, we do have a situation where we have to prioritize, for example, what it is that is that we are going to um, to prioritize. I definitely subscribe to your to your view of coming up with a balanced um, kind of um, situation in a relationship and make the decision together. But then what I'm saying is, I'll quote controversy again and say, um, you find that we cannot uh, make a man a mother. A man cannot be a mother. That's, that's the problem. That's the problem that we have when we have, for, for me, um, same-sex partners who say two men uh, can adopt a child and one of them becomes the mother. A man will never be a mother. He is a man. So to me, that's how you define the role. And when career choices have to come by, for me, the basis of making the decision as to how you are supposed to, pro um, to proceed has also to be guided by how it is that you're supposed to execute the roles. For me, it's a negotiated, um, uh, it's a negotiated contract uh, like any other relationship. It's a contract before it becomes a covenant. Yeah, that's true. And I agree to it. But my point is, we have to go back to the basics and come back to what we are supposed to do. The other point that you raised um, uh, on women um, anymore, I think it, it's one of the issues that has raised uh, the divorce cases, in, 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 particularly in our own country, because people run away from the roles and responsibilities that they are supposed to carry when they earn more. You see, that's, that's where the problem is. You talked about the ego issue. The reason why I was going to, to, to the point of the creator is, 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 is taking from an example where you have your Mercedes-Benz. When you have your Mercedes-Benz and it develops uh, faults, they can't be fixed in Zimbabwe. Where do you take it? You take it back to Germany, to the manufacturer, right? <laughs> so for us, we have to realize we have a situation, a very precarious situation, which is going to cause um, harm in a, lot of, um, uh, in a lot of families. So where do we go back? We have to go back to the manufacturer. And for us human beings, we have to appreciate that we have a manufacturer and that manufacturer has put forward um, things that we have and that we can adhere to and depend upon when we have to make decisions. So for me, that's the reason why I was hammering upon the point that we have to go back to basics because the decisions that we are making, you see, 
we are continuously having faults, like in a Mercedes Benz, you, you, you fix this one and you have a fault again tomorrow. You fix this one and there's even another fault. So you take it back to the manufacturer. He knows that when you have this kind of uh, a fault, fault, you have to look for this and this kind of wire. So this is where I'm, uh, I'm coming from, um, Connie, to say, the, for me, the Bible forms more like the basis of how we are supposed to execute. I appreciate very much that um, we have a lot of women that are making it. And women are needed, particularly in, 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 in our present day Zimbabwe, where we are trying to fight um, corruption. I'm not saying women are not corrupt, but you find that <laughs> the many cases of corruption um, uh, are, are most prevalent with men. And yes. when you have women within the boards, women taking an active role in the decision-making, then it becomes better. That I appreciate. But then we have to go back to the roles and responsibilities. This is a career that someone has taken, right? And a decision has to be made at home to say whose career goes forward. For me, I'm not prescribing how people are supposed to, um, to make a decision. Go, can't we both go first? You go together. You can't. Your career, your... You, 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 like what, um, like what Padi was saying before, you, you realize that for us in, in Zimbabwe, we are leaving a lot of room to our nannies. The values that are being inculcated into our children, they are not our values. And a lot of parents have been left with regret simply because the values are coming. You have a nanny who is coming from Zimba, where I come from, right? She has got her own set of values. Perhaps she grew up in a, in a, with, a, with um, a, a granny who used to be maybe perhaps a witch, for example. She has got her own values, a set of values that have been imparted on her. So what I'm saying is when she comes into your home, she has these values and she has got access to your children 12 hours of the day. You are not there. You are in the boardroom. Fair and fine because you are earning the money. But is the money driving the family? Are we making money more important than our own families? That's perhaps the question that I would definitely ask. All right. Uh, before you answer, Kwan, I'll just like to say that I'm still like I have a boyfriend and hopefully we hope to get married one someday. But for now, when he met me, he knew that I'm passionate about being a journalist. I want to make my, a name for myself in the industry. Be go big or go home. So if then one day is like, I can't, I can't take it because I know that women in the newsroom, they can't survive. They're being taken as sex slaves or whatever, whatever. So I want you to quit your career. I will not do that. Because when you met me, I had goals, I had a vision. I was going somewhere. So if you can't align yourself to those goals or we meet somewhere halfway, then I'll drop you and find someone else who can meet those views. You are fortunate that you are still single, perhaps. <laughs> but I think if you are in a married situation like myself and Connie, the decision is not is not as easy as perhaps you are trying to um, to portray it. Yes, Connie. Okay, so I'll start with um, your question, Paddington, about relocation. Then I'll get back to George on some of the issues that he's raising around gender roles um, that then are placed on us by society. And um, so basically, I know both male and um, female colleagues who've had to deal with this situation of relocation. And many of us know that with the situation in Zimbabwe, that's a conversation that is continuously on the table um, in many families um, in Zimbabwe around if things are not getting any better, where can we go if an opportunity then does present itself um, for one partner to get, um, to get a job. One um, is I've, I've noticed that for men, it's easier for them to uproot a woman and the entire family to go to, let's say, a station, like a UN station in Sudan, as opposed to them accepting when it's a woman, then who has to go. There are very few men, um, and I've come across some of them, who have accepted that and have said, you're earning more. Because some of these UN stations, and I'll use UN as an example, because there are other uh, better positions that might be there. But um, you find that some of these stations pay fees. Um, they actually have an allowance for your spouse. And um, a downfortunate thing is usually in that location, then the spouse, female or male, won't be allowed to work because of the permit mm -hmm. um, limitations. I've found that women have 
always step back from reaching their potential and that particular decision because then their partner does not feel like they're adding value. I've got a lot of friends whose marriages are broken down who have decided to go. And the partner has decided to follow, but within in one a period of one year, they feel I'm not, uh, you're coming back late, um, you're, you're, you're achieving your dreams, I'm not achieving my dreams. But that's the same feeling the other person, because I know many people here, because um, uh, I've met a couple of friends who then had to step back from really big careers, um, big jobs, to come and be with their families because they wanted to support their partners. For me, I believe it has to be a situation of your partner understanding. I don't think I'd have a problem if I got, if I was told, um, like the the president of Coca-Cola, is it Coca, Pepsico? Yeah, Pepsico, Indra, um, no, yeah. Indra, she talks about, she talks about her partner and how he took on, he had to step down and she had to raise because there's always that place. And I'm not saying there's always a time where there are power couples. I've met power couples who have run and um, like I've got a friend. She's She's got a, a powerful law firm in Zambia and her husband <laughs> is heading a big branch of Citibank. But they've managed to, he's living um, in South Africa and she's still stuck in, in Zambia, but they're making it work. So where, if both of you feel that you can't back down on that particular decision, support that partner to go and make it work. Because wherever their their incomes can make them um, fit those particular lifestyles that they need to be together, they're making it work. And uh, for me, I believe that we should be able to let each other, I always have this very romantic farewell, uh, fairy um, part to me where I say, if a bird is meant to fly, just let it stand and let it fly. It will always come back to you if it's meant to be there. But I find that the male colleagues, and this is not to box everybody, because I know other men who are comfortable in their skin who then let their wives go and thrive and even follow them and be with them and let them thrive. They take care of that aspect. The problem I have with George's argument is to say that the role of childcare is always supposed to be the woman's role. And that's where, for me, it goes back to, to the issue of gender roles. We need to understand, and I spoke about this earlier, that I know men who are good fathers and they are better nurturers than women. I know, and I've been exposed to a number, of, and I know women who are really good. I have a colleague, she was a high achiever. She was an architect and she was going places. But she told me, um, I remember when we were having the conversation, she said, I was passionate about being a mother. And I want to bring the word choice in whatever we do with our partners when it comes to our career, or even the, the partner you choose, always choose someone who allows you to, to do the things that make you a better person. If I'm a better person going and rocking the corporate world, as an example, and I come back and I give the very best to my children, then let me be. Because I know many people, if you cup them and they're going to be better at being corporate lawyers or being doctors, and then you you cup them or you cup their dream, they won't raise the child that you're talking about or saying that, oh, then this nanny is doing that. The fact that you've literally pressed someone down and you, you're not letting them thrive, that means they won't let the child thrive. Right, but yeah. you will have children who thrive if your partner is thriving. And I'll probably give an example, and this is to George. If your wife were to thrive, your children would thrive. And if you were to thrive, your child will thrive and your wife will thrive. I think it's continuously, for me, it's negotiation. And that's the fear that the world places in our hearts, especially women who are career women. You always feel that there's a part of your life that is just not sitting right, but that shouldn't be the case. I'll give an example of the Western world. I know they don't, it's very expensive to even have a nanny in the first place. I've got friends who wake up early in the morning to catch the train at 6 a.m. They wake up early in the morning, they drop the child um, at a crash. And I'll use um, how we call it here in Zimbabwe, a crash. Then they run to work and they leave work at 6. It's still the same situation, but um, 
you find that uh, there's always a partner who steps down. And the f- unfortunate thing is always the woman. But the Western world has, in a way, has started adopting where you find that now men are accepting that aspect. Because if I'm earning six figures, why should you then tell me I can't because the Bible says or because society then determines, but then you are going to get a $500 job. Tell me, will you be happy with $500 or with $1 million in your pocket? (laughs) So why not let the partner who has earning capacity to go and achieve their dream and let it just work around it? So I guess I'll always go back to the issues of ego. But then um, just to address this, a couple of issues that George did raise about a man can't be a mother. And I want to just bounce another question question to him, says who? What does it mean to be a mother? Are we saying because you're taking care of a child, you've become a mother? You're a parent. The thing is, you you brought a child into this world. The role should never be uh, for the woman to be the parent. You find a situation where men always just bundle those two, being a mother and the parent. A child expects two. And I'm sure George can even talk about that. When the children come, they'll demand both parents, the attention of both parents. And if you want to raise a full human being who believes in who they are, we need to push both sides so that then we raise our children. I've got girls and I've got a boy, but I want my children to know that my mom woke up every day to make sure that we were better people. And I believe that that's how they see their father. But for me to sit at home every day and telling them, I wished I was a lawyer. You know, I had a degree and I had a master's, but I compromised because how many of us hear that story when our parents told us how they had to compromise for us? I think we are the generation that shouldn't compromise, but we should balance it out. And that's why for me, I say it's a continuous negotiation process where if my partner has decided to go full throttle into their career, I'm not saying I'll step down, but there are certain things that I'll pick up that might fall in the cracks. And then when they're ready then to take, to slow down and enjoy their career, let them, let me also enjoy that. I would rather take the approach of not compromise, but allowing me to thrive, but in different and at different stages, because we all thrive in our career at different stages in our lives. Um, George, I think we need to have this conversation around gender roles. <laughs> That's my entire master's program where I focus on that. And I feel like I want to literally download my entire <laughs> understanding of gender. And there's also this really interesting issue that you brought in around um, the LGBT community. And that's a different conversation yeah, I mean, different so, topic that I wouldn't want to get in at this particular time. You did raise it, but I always zero down to the concept of choice. We should always look at issues of choice. You know, you guys asked when we started the podcast, how long are we going to take here? And they say 30 minutes. <laughs> and I think we are almost in an hour now. So maybe to just... Um, uh, put uh, maybe this segment of the podcast to an end, maybe this first recording, and we'll see if we need to maybe come back for, for a second one. Maybe also touch on, you know, LGBTI and all those other decisions people are going to do and how they affect or have an impact on, on the career choices they would make and all that. But maybe as a closing, George, maybe as a closing, just a few words on, on us, the millennials who are afraid of the women, especially, you know, one, one other thing that you had mentioned on Connie, a guy somewhere, somehow outside there will always be intimidated by a girl who is a career person who has ended uh, in life. She, she was on her own apartment. She drives a good car. She has a good job. She's six figures or something. A guy will be hesitant to just go and say, can we come and, you know, make an arrangement for ourselves? You know, you always be intimidated by such because of that ego, you know, and one of those things. So, George, maybe just as a closing. 
Okay. Um, thanks very much, Pad. Um, of course, you did raise quite a number of uh, uh, issues uh, that I would have really loved to respond to. Um, but like Paddy said, we would then need to extend the podcast to, to, um, to, to tomorrow. But I would want to talk about three issues in closing. One is the issue of um, work-life balance. When we are talking about the issue of work-life balance, we are talking about this issue of careers and how we balance it with our own lives. That is our families and everything else that is entitled to our, to our life. And when I'm talking about um, the work-life balance, to me, this is how it appeals to me. It depends on the values that we set for our own families. Is money at the top? Are careers at the top? Are children at the top? Because I believe that every family doesn't need to go into a relationship blind. For me, if young people are going into a mat matrimonial relationship blind, then there's going to be more problems and there's going to be more divorces. I believe that if young people take time to know each other, to understand their aspirations, to understand their ambitions, and like what Connie was saying, to talk about these issues and come to an agreement as to how they view their positions in life and in future, it reduces the amount of disagreements and divorces that we can have um, in, our, in, 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 in our country. And also, when we have these values, then we come to the issue of a vision. To me, the topic perhaps shouldn't have really centered on careers, but centered on vision. So if you can't find someone who shares your vision, then I think you don't really need to go into, um, into that relationship. That is for those that are not married. But really for those that are married, I would want to go to the third point that I, I would have really loved to share more, which is life balance that Connie was talking about. But I don't believe that there is life balance without compromise. You have to compromise. Someone has to go down like Connie was saying. So if you don't compromise, if someone does not reduce so that the other can increase, then there's going to be a problem. Even John says it in the Bible. He says that I have to reduce for Christ to increase. So someone has to reduce. And you find that in life, in life, we have been given the roles and responsibilities. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to that foundation to say that when we go back to the roles and responsibilities that have been defined by the manufacturer of relationships, by the manufacturer of human beings, then we can come to an agreement and say, we appreciate. I'll just give you an example as a closing to say that Abraham rooted his own family time and again as God instructed him to. Joseph uprooted his own family, went to Nazareth, he went to Jerusalem, he went all over. Why? Because God was instructing him to do so. So my point is, even if it is the woman who has got to uproot the family, like Connie was saying, it has to be an agreement. But that life balance, that work-life balance, that career-life balance has to be centered upon the roles and responsibilities that we have and no one has to be selfish within the relationship so that the family can be successful. We have to define the values, your mission, your vision as a family. It's not only for organizations, not for Coca-Cola, it's not for OSISA, it's not for the Law Society of Zimbabwe to define a vision. Everyone. Every family has to have a vision. It has to have um, its objectives. Okay, Connie, your last words? Um, so basically, my last words are... Um, like George said, don't get into a relationship blind. These are conversations that we you need to have um, as you get into this partnership with whosoever you cho you're choosing to choose as your life partner. Um, don't go in blind. But um, the issue of work-life balance that he raises and why I have an issue with it, it tends to then be something that is demanded of the woman and it's never de demanded of the man. And as this article actually says, the businesses that are being built are built on the old school Bible kind of man, not the woman. So if we're talking about work-life balance, it then has to work for both. It's not only the woman who then has to continuously juggle that path of the career and be the one to let the chips fall. A man can always let the chips fall at some point if the wife is the six-figure earner. So for me, that's the, the first point. Then the, um, 
the second point is, can we move away from these gender roles, these stereotypes where women are the ones who are supposed to be in a particular profession, do a particular job, look after the children. Let us accept that in this world, we all are disposed to different kind of temperaments and the partner can be the male partner or the female partner might be the one who actually is dis, uh, predisposed to a more caring nature. Um, then in, finally, it zeroes down to the question, if you can't find a spouse who supports your career, stay single. I think with the number of divorces that we are seeing, it speaks for <laughs> itself. Because if you don't support your partner time and time again, you're earning 500, she's earning $20,000 and you're standing in their way. Or the other way around, you find that if the woman doesn't support the man, it will break down. If the man doesn't support the woman, mm, it will break down. So for me, basically, it's continuously negotiate. Let's, let us not forget that you're getting into the biggest decision of your life, which will either let you grow or remain stagnant. So it's to negotiate that path, to let the person know from the very beginning that I intend to become the president of Zimbabwe and deal with it right now. So when I'm in the trenches and fighting and running and being arrested, deal with it now. If you can't deal with it in the long haul, then that's it. So basically, and I, I'm not saying one, one suit fits all because I know people who are willing to be in the home and run their families and they run them very well. Please be in that place. But then if the woman is better placed to run the show in the corporate world or in whatever passion or career they've decided to choose, then let that be. Let that it be. But yeah, it's constant negotiation. So I'm always borderline but radical in my views around my borderline. <laughs> so yes, All right. um, that's my view. Thank you, guys. Um, I think from this discussion... Um, People have moved from um, work-life balance. They're now having a discussion on how to blend work and life. I think it now puts away the, even the issues of, um, of the roles that people have to, to get into. And the other one is, can we go back to the basics? Um, if, if we are going to back to the basics, let's also look at um, the men that has been given the role by the manufacturer <laughs> to be the lead, but also look at the Proverbs uh, woman with the power woman. So these two now have to blend in, you know, and give each other the, the opportunities and the roles. Then continuous negotiation. Yes, um, negotiation. I think I've, I've, maybe because some of us are not yet married, you always think that if you are the guy, you have to make the decision. You always think, you know, it's my responsibility. I have to have the last say. But now, understanding that it's continuous negotiation, people have to continuously talk about these things, especially ambition and finances like Cornelia had said. Maybe then the last one is putting a thin line between submission and oppression. I hope, I hope we'll, be, we'll be good to, to put those lines. And um, thank you guys for, for coming here. And thank you for this career podcast. And I'm sure that we are going to have another discussion uh, from this one and see how can millennials make sure that they succeed in their, um, in their marriages or in their life and also succeed in their, with their visions and with their careers. Thank you very much. This is... So thank you guys for coming and... This was a blast. Almost an hour. Instead <laughs> of 30 minutes, we really were enjoying ourselves. So, thanks, guys. So, thank you guys for coming. This was a Career Zimbabwe production in, part of, in partnership with um, Capital 263. And hope people are listening. You follow us on our, our social pages on Instagram, on Twitter, our websites, and hope you enjoyed. Till next time. Thank you. Capital 263.